Hi everyone, and welcome to the 96th episode of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys! And today we have a special guest on the show <gasps> in the form of Michael from RP Gamer. Hi! How are Hi. you today? Hello. <laughs> We're great, Ashley. How are you? I'm wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So since this is your first time on the show, would you mind telling us a bit about RP Gamer and also yourself and kind of how you fell into um, the whole gaming online community website scene? Oh, that is an interesting story if you like boring stories. Um, <laughs> yes, name's Michael Cunningham. I kind of am the de facto editor-in-chief of RPGamer.com. How I came to that process was back in 2000, or yeah, it was 2006, I applied for an editorial position there. I'd been interacting with the, our Q&A column. We used to have a weekly Q&A column there run by a guy named Matt Demers, and he was always talking about, uh, right around the time of Final Fantasy XII, um, he started this big debate with me on you know, whether or not Final Fantasy XII was an action RPG. And that just, you know, got me stirred up like it does for internet, like for internet commenters. <laughs> um, so I started interacting with him, and eventually I was like, you know, they've just put up a posting for a job. Um, I have a full-time job that I do, but I was like, hmm, I think I want to write. Um, and which is strange because I hate writing and never really was. <laughs> you must you know. have been really angry. I know. <sighs> Yeah, I was. I just I got to the point where I was wanting to share my opinion just so badly, so badly that I couldn't not share my opinion. So uh, it opened up. I applied, got the job, ended up um, kind of signing on for doing about one to two editorials a month, and just loved. Found a love for writing that I didn't know I had because you know <laughs> back in college, you know they don't want you to do anything interesting. They want you to write no. about. You know, current events. Yeah, screw that. Ugh. I don't want to write about Final Fantasy. Current events. Final um, Fantasy's current? Yeah, it, it was for me. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up doing that for about a year and started slowly working my way into helping in other aspects of the site, like news and reviews. And I think it was about 2007 or eight that um, we did an event where <clears throat> I, I've never been to E3 or any professional conferences i just i don't do that I, I have no interest i help coordinate them but don't go yeah um but we organized an event where we went out to la and visited a bunch of publishers like uh, square enix and you know exceed atlas you know a lot of the local localizers out there yeah. in los angeles and i got a taste of pr and just you know found out that i was good at coordinating things like that uh the site owner at the time michael tidwell um was slowly getting out of the site business. He was getting a sure. job of his own where he didn't really have a whole lot of time to work on the site. So slowly, um, just over time, he asked if I wanted to take over. He still owns the site and pays for all the stuff. He's the one that gets all the ads. Um, yeah. You know, he manages all the back-end stuff, but I'm the editor-in-chief who just kind of You're runs the, front man. the... Yeah, I run all the content, don't deal mm. with the money. None of us are paid except, you know, just ad revenue that comes in from him that he uses just to pay for site stuff and, sure. you know, yeah. stuff related to the... So, yeah. So um, where did you start off with Final Fantasy then? Oh, Final Fantasy. I guess it was late 1980s um, with the original Final Fantasy on wow. NES. I had a cousin at the time, and she had an NES, I had an NES, but I had never heard of Final Fantasy. Uh, I was playing, like, Bad Dudes, and I had a copy of 
720, 720 degree skating game <laughs> and went down to her house and she was playing this Final Fantasy game and I fell in love with it. I love the fact you could create your own characters, you could name your characters. Um, she had four characters already made and they were, you know, uniquely named. She just, uh, you know, it was fun. I was like, ooh, this is awesome. I've never seen anything like this. I had heard of D&D and kind of had some people that were into D&D, you know, at the time. And I was, you know, I was like nine years yeah. old at the time, eight or nine. But I fell in love with the game and I asked her, I was like, here, you like this skating game. Can I trade you? <laughs> so I gave her my copy of 720 Degrees and I picked up her copy of Final Fantasy and played it and I never ever ever beat that version of it wow. but I would start it over and over just playing as new characters just creating new parties that was um, the thing back in those days wasn't it like I remember yeah. obviously gaming like on the Mega Drive and the Master System and even stuff like Sonic um, you know it when I was like, whenever how old young I was when they came out, um, it took me a while to be able to beat it. Yeah. But I didn't, even though really the game's about an hour or two long, it it didn't really didn't matter because yeah. I'd be so I've played Green Hill Zone so many times I don't even want to think about it. I've played yeah. so many of those games so many times, like Mario. I think I've played. I've played hundreds of times easily, and I just don't care. Yeah, whereas nowadays, it's just kind of like, I don't want to play this tutorial, thank you. No. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for the, the introduction. Um, hopefully, everyone's thoroughly invested in you now. And I know, especially uh, since you started with the original, yeah. which is very rare. And yeah. um, that's uh, some, some good credentials. Yeah, that is yeah, really good. Yeah, I've... Um, like you said earlier, we were kind of talking off air, that it's, it may not be my favorite so if, oh, if that part of it's coming later, system. Uh, yeah. oh. uh, I it might break your theory. little syndrome there. That that uh, this that's the second time in a couple of months now. But what <laughs> is your favorite then? It's it's hard because I I can, as far as the numbered Final Fantasies go, I have in my mind completed every one of them, um, yeah. even the MMOs because I've completed the main storyline in my mind for those yeah. games. Yeah. Um, Which counts. That's my own justification for it. Yeah. So it's kind of like picking a favorite child. You don't really want to, but uh, no, when it comes down to, to it, nostalgia and everything, it would be Final Fantasy IV. Wow. Ooh, four. 12 is close because I love that battle system to death, but there's other parts of 12 that um, kind of yeah. keep, it, keep it aside. You know, it's harder to replay. <laughs> yeah. But, but wow, by far my nostalgic favorite is how Aww. I refer to it. That's excellent. Yeah. Well, um, we're going to be hearing more about your opinions in a minute um, when we go through all the news and the discussions from this episode. But um, just to let everyone know, today we are going to be talking quite extensively about TGS. Not so much the show itself, but what's not going to be at the show yeah. and how we feel about that. We're then going to be talking um, about quite a bit of news. We've got loads of stuff from Type Zero which came out of PAX. And uh, we've got some bits and bobs about Final Fantasy Explorers as well as a few other things about uh, stuff that's going on with Sakaguchi at the moment. Um, some new uh, streaming software that Square Enix are coming out with as well as a new studio they're opening. So that should be quite interesting. And then yeah. we we were going to have the quiz, but um, logistically it didn't really work out this episode. We, yeah. we had a few people that we had in the pipeline to do it, but um, things kind of fell through at the last minute. And we were tempted to have Michael do the quiz, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> We decided that 
we we've probably got a lot a lot to talk about this episode. <laughs> yeah. So much to my disappointment because yeah. I really yeah. I love quizzes. <laughs> but we will we will do it at some point. Definitely. We will. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. We'll have you on at some point to do the quiz, Michael. Don't worry. Yeah. Sounds great. You can show all these people up, especially or, Arvis. Yeah, or embarrass myself. That's what I expect would no. probably happen. No. Nah. No one embarrasses himself on this quiz. No, definitely <laughs> Who is the not. main character of Final Fantasy IV? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Titus, no! As always, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network and TweaksMusic.com. It comes out on the iTunes store, FinalFantasyUnion.com, GamingUnion.net, and now SoundCloud and YouTube. We're now expanding those two channels. Um, the YouTube ones are really, really kicking off, especially Kingdom Hearts Union. So thanks to everyone who's subscribing. Yes, thank um, you. If you want to go, it for makes the... my hard work worth it. It does. Lauren spends really long time making those uh, YouTube videos, and people are the comments we're getting are really, really positive. So thanks to everyone for that. If you want to subscribe to the Final Fantasy YouTube, it's FF Union Vids. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for all that stuff. Um, also, for the Patreon backers out there, thank you so much for everything that you've contributed so far. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't contributed so far, you know you can contribute as little as sixty p or a dollar. Um, everything goes into like the hosting of the episodes. We, we go through terabytes of data. I don't want to yeah. think about how much we use. It's just pretty crazy. And <laughs> so the upkeep uh, does does hurt the purse strings a little bit. But you know. Um, Again, so thanks to everyone to who has backed us so far, and, and if you yes, if you, you do feel like backing us, then um, then we'll be eternally grateful to, to that. Yes, definitely. So discussion time. Whee. This is going to be a hefty one. We have lots and lots of points to talk about, but the main thing is that Square Enix on the third of September, I believe it was, mm. announced their TGS twenty fourteen lineup, and there were three bigger missions, one of which we don't necessarily care about on the show. Uh, which was Kingdom Hearts 3 sorry guys nope. Don't um, <laughs> but the other two were Final Fantasy 15 and Type 0 so yeah. before we go into anything else first of all I want to ask were you surprised what about you Michael when you first heard that news were you surprised that they weren't in the in the lineup? on on Type 0 yes because you know with the showing it had it packs I thought you know possibly they could have something you know at least yeah. along the same lines of what they did at PAX um, so that was a little bit surprising I'm not surprised that it's not ready yet because yeah. that seems to be the motif here recently uh, especially after the long delay of Final Fantasy 10 10 2 HD I'm not super shocked about that but Final Fantasy 15 not shocked at all I as much as I want to play that game I still don't believe it even exists in any form of <laughs> video I know yeah, I no. think people are becoming more and more disillusioned about the fact uh, that it may or may not exist. I mean, it's it's going to be up there soon for the the game that has the longest um, kind of development hell period. Surely, yeah. it's 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 got to be close to beating G Nukem Forever now. Yeah, and like StarCraft Ghost. What about you, Lauren? Were you, were you surprised? To see that? Uh, well, you know me. I'm the I'm the pessimist. I I definitely did not think that we were going to see um, Final Fantasy 15 at TGS um, or Kingdom Hearts 3 Type Zero. I yeah, I would have thought they would have done something, especially considering the fact that um, like they were saying at PAX that the game is like 80 percent complete. I would think with that in mind. They'd have at least had had something, something at TGS. But then again, like, a lot of people are saying, like, you know, oh, well, they have, like, the closed doors stuff. Um, there might, they might be showing stuff in there. But really, I, I just, I, d- I doubt that 
they're going to show anything else from um, Final Fantasy 15 or Kingdom Hearts 3. I think they're, like, really trying hard to get other things done and out of the way, like Kingdom, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.5 HD Remix. Yeah, and, although they've got um, so many different studios working Final on things, Fantasy it's Explorers. really hard to actually keep track of who's working on what these days. Yeah. Because everyone keeps saying that nothing's going to conflict. Like, people are saying that um, Kingdom Hearts 3 isn't going to conflict with Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. And, Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to conflict with 2.5 and Type Zero is not going to conflict with this and this to this and this like but if you actually look at the people that are working on the games a lot of them are quite similar mm-hmm. and Kingdom Hearts 3 they've just announced they're having to take on more staff to try and get that out into a fit state but I yeah, mean, they I'll, used to have a good structure of like yeah, how their teams were broken up yeah. and I think ever since you know the HD era has hit that I think that's just been a mad scramble to just merge and yeah they they don't seem to have been able to deal with it as well as other companies like Ubisoft seems to have just nailed it with how the, all their de- different studios kind of pull together on Assassin's Creed. I mean, you look down the credits and you've got about nine different Ubisoft studios yeah. around the world who have clearly all contributed some like some specialist area. Yeah. Whereas Square Enix just seems... I mean, they've got like maybe th- four, five studios which are now part of their first production yeah. company thing, whatever it is. And they've just mm-hmm. um, asked to hire on three or no um i don't know if it's exactly three new people but i know they're looking for three more positions to work on kingdom hearts 3 specifically yeah. and i know that um osaka has now been really brought into the mix because they used to be kind of like the square enix give them the crap studio yeah um and they kind of redeemed themselves with the work they were doing on the kingdom hearts spin-offs yeah um and you know they're they're being given a much more prominent role now um, yeah, which is why they're getting more staff yeah. now. Just going back to the the, the mega theater, I was just trying to think when I went to TGS 2009, that was when Versus 13 was shown with that really strange tech demo that I thought was a complete waste of time. It was the I don't know if you guys remember that. It was when they had Versus 13 running on the Final Fantasy 15. Oh, sorry, Final Fantasy 13 engine, mm-hmm. and they showed oh. off all those um, facial expressions and stuff like that. Mm. Just the kind of off-camera stuff that we got to see from that? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, they never like released a... any of that officially. It was just some yeah. off-camera footage that we got to see, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I can't remember whether Final Fantasy XV offici- oh, versus thirteen was officially on their lineup. With... I don't think it was. I don't because, think it, yeah, it was, ever it, has been since it, the announcement. It was very yeah. much a closed megatheater, and if you want to see this, like you literally, they had, they had people, obviously it didn't, stop anything from happening but you know they yeah. had loads of people like loads of anti-cell phone uh signs up people watching yeah. to make sure that no one was doing anything and yeah but yeah I, I couldn't remember whether or not that was officially listed as, as appearing there so you know you never know they they may have some kind of closed event where they show off a bit of 15 and and it it's could so happen. funny though isn't it like i mean a, a closed off event for showing footage like isn't that like going against sort of promotion well i think i mean it, it could be like the other because it's that whole exclusive thing isn't it like yeah but like how many how many of us can actually go to japan for tgs like a lot of us can't afford it well it's a bit of an expense just to go there to watch a close mega theater yeah <laughs> exactly so it's just kind of like who is it really benefiting like if you can't even take any cell phone videos or anything yeah, Square Enix does that a lot, though. Like, even at PAX, the footage that came out of there that, you know, press were getting to see and were very positive about and were, you know, talking up, even that footage they won't release. 
I just you know, don't they understand. They were showing it there basically in, you know, a closed theater style because, you know, if you're not letting people take, you know, footage of it, you're not going to release that B-roll yourself. You're not going to make a trailer even. Yeah. What's the deal? I know. <laughs> Promote your I game. See it. Show the people yeah. what's awesome. I mean, exactly. I can kind of see two points of it. I remember, because I remember when we went to E3 and we were seeing Final Fantasy 13 Part 2 for the first time. And we were, like, in the... Um, in the booth we were checking out like a you know a demo that was very much press only yeah and then a couple of hours later we that we we found out the square enix had just released it to the public so it's like what's the point <laughs> of this even being here like, yeah you know yeah. what preview are we going to write now I know. <laughs> um, here's the stuff that you've already seen yeah um, way to like, go my my other thought about this was that potentially they could be lining up to do another one of those prim- uh, premiere events mm. where you know i think it was 2011, maybe, where they had that whole thing in January where it was like the first production department premiere event where they uh, took a couple of days and they showed off everything. And that was like the most we'd ever seen of Versus 13 at that time. They showed off a lot of the gameplay footage. And yeah. who knows, maybe they might be playing to something like that again because they do have a ton of games that the, the first party production department are working on. Yeah. That would be so nice, but I've gotten just so disillusioned with 15 specifically. I know. You know, I've I've enjoyed a lot of the other games that have come out of Square Enix over the last little bit, but with 13, um, Lightning Returns, and just this huge delay on Versus, and then transforming it into something new, it's almost like they think they can have eight more years to delay it. <laughs> I know. Uh, people on the, I was reading a thread on NeoGAF where people were talking about things that have happened since oh, Versus 13 was announced, yes. and it was stuff like Twitter. Like yeah. it didn't exist but like one of the lists that people did was the amount of Final Fantasy games that have been released since Versus was announced and there was about 30 that's insane like it was there were like if you include all the, like the 11 expansions yeah. with the different versions of 14 you got probably like Dissidia as well yeah all like all the PSP game, like uh, all the mobile games as well and like yeah. there have been so many different games or Crystal Chronicles have had about four games in that time yeah, yeah. That's crazy like, to think it, about. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely crazy. All the 14s fiasco. Yeah, there's been two 14s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I mean, so much has gone into that game and I nothing know. has come out. And I honestly wonder if it really wasn't a mistake to reboot it as 15. Mm. They should have just wasn't got it out. Be ready. I, I, I know. That's what I thought as well. I thought that they should have just, they should have just released it on the PS3, gotten yeah. it out of the way, because now it's just like, it's so risky for them, isn't it? It's like, if they release it and it does well, that's great. But if they release it and it's, like, even remotely bad... They've built it up so it's much. It's bad. Like, that. Yeah. that's really bad for Square Enix because they've wasted so much resources in, into it already. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, for some magical reason, they have, you know, been working on 16. Yeah, quietly yeah, this whole time and saying yeah they're like okay we're not going to make this mistake of announcing this game until like it, it's six months out <laughs> we're not yeah. going to talk about it we're not going to say anything no. and then 15 hits and they're like okay we can keep the numbered stuff now and 16's <laughs> ready to go and here well, it that, is that makes me think because i remember a quote maybe a year or two ago i don't know if i was the one that got it or not but um it was from kataze and he was talking about um, development on Final Fantasy 15 mm. and of course everyone at that time thought well they must be talking about the next game Yeah. but 
maybe he was talking about Versus 13 and, and it was kind of like him trolling us in a slight way. Maybe. Who knows? I, I know. Um... Yeah, well, well, either way, I mean, the feedback from the across the site and Twitter and, and social networks and stuff was pretty much to be expected. I mean, we had there was lots of frustration around Final Fantasy 15, lots of jokes. Yeah, please uh, whole, be excited. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> and, I, you know, that it's, it's quite interesting to see how times have changed because... Uh, with with thirteen um, and th- that whole series, um, the sentiment's been kind of on the negative side. But mm-hmm. with versus thirteen, everyone was always super optimistic. You know, yeah. like, Noctis like is is a really popular character, even though no one knows anything about him. Um, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> blows my mind. Yeah, I and know. Not at the same time, I know. And it's like people seem so excited about the potential for the game because they know so little about it. Whereas now it just seems that 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 blind optimism is is finally starting to fade, just because it's everyone's being messed around so much that you know even the most ardent of fans are just kind of turning around, and just saying like, "Look, guys, come on, enough is enough." It's almost like it's been so long that like really hardcore fans have um, who are really into like fan fiction and stuff have already sort of created the story that they want for Final Fantasy fifteen yeah. in their heads, and then like if. If Noctis is not the way that they imagine him to be, it's just going to be awful. It's oh, gonna be no horrible. kidding. I mean, That's do you guys feel they? From... Do you oh. think they have a right to be frustrated? I mean, like, it's weird to see the strategy that they're kind of employing here because if you think about like thirteen all the way through to Lightning Returns, people were getting, and even Advent Children, people were getting so angry about how much Square Enix were feeding them, like. Yeah, the whole thing with Lightroom Turns where everyone pretty much knew the story before <laughs> they'd even played the game because yeah. every single character was announced. Like there was pretty much nothing left for them to even retain in the story. Whereas mm-hmm. with fifteen, they're just not saying anything. And that seems to be annoying people just as much. <laughs> yeah, I think if they had come out after the re reveal at E three and said, Hey, you know, we're going to start a steady stream of stuff, and it had, you know, if the game had actually been ready enough to do that, which is what I think should have happened. I honestly think the report that came out right before E3, where there was the big rumor that hit that Versus had been cancelled, mm. and I think that shook up Square Enix's shareholders, and there was enough of a freak out there. They're like, "Yeah, whoa, we really were going to cancel this, but I guess we can't now. Uh, yeah. Let's reboot it as 15, and then that'll give us some more time to actually work on this project that, was, you know, Nomura has kind of been sleeping on for the past years. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was that, a, I can't remember when the news, when WADA was replaced, because was that just before E3, or was that, was that last year? I thought it was just before. Because I know that there's been a very much a change in ethos for the company since he came on board, like... They've they've been much more willing to talk about stuff that's upcoming, but without that level of expectation they used to be, where they would announce a release date and then not hit it, and then like all those all those announcements. Whereas now, I think you know everyone was craving for Final Fantasy fifteen. They probably weren't expecting it to be this, but everyone was craving for Type Zero. They, everyone was craving for Kingdom Hearts three. And and since he's come in, they've all they've all kind of happened. Obviously, they've now got to deliver on those, which is the other side of the coin. Um, right. but do you do you feel it's that that kind of change of mindset? They're tr- they're def- they're really trying to appease. No, I don't no. think they're trying to appease at all. I don't think they know what they're doing on their flagship. Yeah. the The other titles that they've, that have come out of the company have been really interesting. You know, Bravely Default was not necessarily developed specifically by Square Enix, but it was a Square Enix product that they helped oversee. Yeah. You know, 
other games coming, like uh, Final Fantasy XIV's reboot was fantastic. Um, but on the flagship side of things, with you know, Lightning Returns and Fifteen, I just don't think they know what they're doing. I think they have set themselves up to the point to where the expectations internally and externally are so high. Yeah. And that seems to be one of the comments that was made uh, with uh, Tabata. I'm horrible at names, so hopefully I didn't <laughs> butcher it too much. But you know, the Type Zero director, I think that some of the things he said about, I believe it was a Kotaku article that I read that said that if you know Final Fantasy 15 doesn't do well, it could be the end of you know console games or console RPGs as we know them. You know, I, and that's I think that's not really true. Is I it? know. You know, I don't think that's true, but I think there is some truth in what he means by that. And I think that is the fact that they have set their expectations so high. Mm-hmm. They've had so much money and resources thrown into this project yeah. that if it comes out and bombs, they're not going to be like, oh, well, yeah, we should do another the, one. It was the eight-year delay, and it was the lack of communication. They won't think that that was the problem. They won't think that, oh, these ten years of hype for this game it couldn't possibly meet was the problem. They're going to be like, oh, well, I guess people just don't want console RPGs anymore. No, that's not the case. I think so many big studios, not just Square Enix, but a lot of big studios are out of touch when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah, if, If one thing that they don't do well doesn't work right... They think the people don't want that. Yeah. When in reality, the people do want that. They just want it done better, faster, and with more transparency. Yeah. I'm sort of thinking, though, like, I wonder if it's if it's safe to sort of say, like, maybe after 15's released, do you think that Square Enix might go away from Final Fantasy? Do you think there's a chance there? I don't there? think they can afford to. Well, yeah. if it if it doesn't if it doesn't meet up the, with their expectations, they might have to. I mean, like the whole thing about Final Fantasy is that they're all, they're constantly revising what it is as yeah. a, as an identity. Like you know, they're 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 not really too consistent with the games, and also they have all the spin offs and stuff, um, which which seems to do quite well. Um, but no, that's that's really interesting what you're saying, there, Michael, about um, the 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 mindset of of different companies. And I I was just thinking when you were saying that as well because. It's been it's been in development for so long, and the level of expectation is so great, which you know it's it's only really their fault. Um, when it does come out, it means that people are going to be without whether they want to or not, they're going to be yeah. so hypercritical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if yeah, it's absolutely. not like if it's not the best game they've ever played, they're just going to be like, well, what have I waited so long for? Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> which is why Square Enix have really dug themselves in a yeah. really deep hole. It's really and I bad. really hope somebody there has enough common sense about them to say, well, if this came out and, you know, the criticism we got from it, much like the, uh, yeah, like the criticism that came out of Final Fantasy thirteen when it launched, yeah. you know, it took a while. Uh, it, it wasn't this ridiculously long, but it still took a while for that project to be released. Yeah. And the complaints people had were understandable. You know, it was very linear. There was a big problem with, you know, I think that it could have used a better editing hand in the directing process. Yeah. It, that's my biggest problem with Final Fantasy Thirteen is not what it is, but what it could have been if somebody had helped shape it better and structure it better. 
because I think there was potential for it to be a really great Final Fantasy game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like twelve as well. There there are there are so many elements of it that are really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there are also a lot of elements that really aren't, and and they kind of hold it back. Yeah, I, I mean, the story for one is just is so convoluted. Yeah, it's just like you know, most people still don't even really know what Bartandus was was or. Like, no. The name itself is ridiculous. It's yeah, really everything that went on that. in cutscenes, and you would see, like, just a brief cut. There were, you know, they got to where they were worried way too much about it looking pretty and not yeah. enough about it making sense. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was also the other thing as well. I mean, we talked about it so much. I don't want to dwell on it here as well, but you know, there were the fact that and twelve suffered as well with the cast, where yeah, all the games prior to that had had a clear main character. And a clear, like, a secondary character. And then everyone else had their own stuff to deal with, but it was very much supporting. Whereas in 12 and 13, it was very much, here's everyone. Everyone is equally important in this. Yeah. And we're not really going to give everyone too much of a focus, apart from 12, where Pinello just gets written out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's but almost I, I they, want... they wanted to fix something that wasn't broken because it just they were trying to get away from the the regular format of having like Final Fantasy 10 like if you think about like Final Fantasy 10 is the last Final Fantasy that was like a traditional Final Fantasy where you have the main character and then you have the secondary and supporting cast and then like 11 happened and then 12 and then 13 and it's almost like they were they were trying their hardest to get away from that I mean, it kind of worked because, in terms of like a, um, a marketing sense, like the fir- the cast of Final Fantasy Thirteen are so popular, like yeah. everyone knows who they are. Yeah. Um, but they just don't have that development that all the other ones had. Even Ten, like you know, the, you got Titus and and Yuna. They're clearly like the main two. Yeah. But everyone else has very deep backstories. Yeah. That, Orin especially. Yeah, I mean. exactly. And like Kamari and and like, but it's not it's not dwelled upon. They yeah. they have their small sections, but they're deep and meaningful small sections. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they'll be they'll be touched upon at different points, like you know, Wacker's um, hatred for the Albed. Like, yeah, it, it, it's kind of touched upon, and then you find out why it is, and then he kind of gets over. It. Like everyone has their mini challenges and obstacles. Yeah, whereas in thirteen, it was, it was just kind of like. Snow, I hate you. No, I don't anymore. Uh, <laughs> but oh, bringing I that back to Snow. 15, I, I think that's one of the problems that they might have run into is the fact, you know, like we've said earlier, and, you know, it's something that I believe is every Final Fantasy brings about something different. Yeah. yeah. You know, all of them have their own style. They're not tied to each other. And I think that has been something, you know, there was even the comment that, they might not be able to tell the entire story of 15 that they want to tell in one game and that there's a possibility they may have to, you know, lightning returns it. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. well, why not? I mean, like, it's not that the other games were short. Yeah. No, it just I seems think, like it's bad scenario writing. Yeah, they've gotten to where they're worried more about the spectacle. They won't yeah. tell anybody, you know, as far as Nomura is concerned, and apparently as far as uh, um, Katase and... Um, why am I drawing a blank on? Yeah. Who are you trying Director? to get? Toriyama. Toriyama. Oh, Toriyama. Yeah, it's like they can't tell them no. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they're treated as superstars over there now because Kingdom Hearts is so good and because you know Final Fantasy X was so popular, but 
somebody needs to be over there telling them no and yeah, that's, saying that's this really Katarze isn't problem, as good. I think because Katarze clearly does have a very very strong repertoire. Like yeah. his mm-hmm. his list of successes are like second to none in terms of the entire video games industry really. Yeah. Right. And he's the person who's supposed to be at the head of all this kind of leading and directing people. He's the like the main producer. Like it's his job to yeah. make sure that everything is of the appropriate quality. Yeah. And it just doesn't seem like he's he's got that drive anymore that he had when he was doing 7 and 8. Yeah. yeah. They've well, given him too much leeway. They've they've not had anybody over their head apparently saying you need to focus on this. You need to make this happen. And that's one reason I'd love to see some people like, uh, was it Tabata? Am, am I pronouncing that right? Even yeah, remotely Tabata. Close. Well Tabata. Said, yeah. If yeah. he, you know, he's at least released his game. Type Zero came yeah. out. He's, and, he's the only one that's up and coming as well. Like all the other yeah. ones are very, very old hats. Yeah, and where in the world is Ito? Is he dead and they just don't want to tell us he's hidden in a basement somewhere? Not that I <laughs> yeah, think he's the saviour of the company or anything, but let but him do something. He, I think he might have left, actually. Possibly. Because I know that they they formed that whole um, quality assurance group, which had all yeah. like, the big people in it. I think he was one of the people that which was I think omitted is, from it. Which I think is also yeah. part of the problem as well. It's like so many people have left Square Enix over the past like Yeah, and that's not necessarily a bad thing as long as there's people be- that are there to replace them. But that's the thing. Like, I mean, like... I feel like the original, like, sort of Final Fantasy team, they had a vision. They've, they they had a vision for what they wanted the games to be. And, like, mm-hmm. the problem, I think, now is the fact that they're trying their hardest to look for some... Well, it's not even that they're trying to look for someone. It's yeah. that they're trying to use what they have, and what they have is just it's, not good it's enough. It's not necessarily their vision anymore. So they're trying no. to meet the standards set before them. And as much as I... As much as I'm... I, I don't mind Tetsuya Nomura. I, I really don't think he's that great of a director. I, no, I, I don't. don't. Either. <laughs> like and I, do I really him, like I've I know that that like I know that's a shame because I do I do kind of like Kingdom Hearts, but like the thing is, is that like they're relying on him now, and I don't think exactly. I, I think he, that they need to is, find they need to find somebody the else. Like, they need he, to find somebody else. He he is. The big superstar in Square Enix. He is. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who absolutely adore his stuff, but I'm just kind of getting sick of You're it. You're not one of them. <laughs> I mean, well, I did. I love his designs in Final Fantasy Seven, Eight, um, you know. Every other Final Fantasy Every game. other Final Fantasy. <laughs> like, but it's it's just, he's just been overused. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not. That, that's kind of my problem as well. Like, you know, I don't have necessarily a problem with him being the, the lead concept artist for the characters. But no. you've got to get someone else in there. They're just playing it really safe. Yeah, it's just like, and I don't know whether it's because he kind of takes dominion over everything. But it doesn't, like, you look at Nine, and Nine had such a, like, a, a colorful cast. Like, yeah. they were all so different from each other. Even, like, yeah. t- like 12 as well. I mean, all the characters were very... Like, you think, like, Fran and Balthier. Like, they were really cool. Like, Gabranth had so much character. Yeah, just oh, yes. Love Gabranth. Yeah. It's just, like... We need to wrap this up, though. Oh, sorry. We've been talking about this <laughs> know, for about half an hour. I know, I know. We've got loads of news to talk about still. We have a all lot right, to news, bitch news, about, okay? okay. <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true, right. We can carry on talking about this when we get to the news, because we're yeah. going to be talking about Type Zero f- primarily. And... So Tabata was on fire at 
packed this year. <laughs> he was just sprouting so, off everything. I mean, it was. I think I thought it was really impressive that Square Enix actually went to PAX and showed off Type Zero HD. Like, that was very bold of yeah. them, I thought. <laughs> but then we found out in interviews that the game's actually eighty percent complete. Yeah. So that was the main thing that we learned. The second thing was then slightly confusing in comparison to that is that they refused to give any kind of concrete release date, but said. We're looking to release it within the next 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, what I wonder that 80% that they're talking about that's complete. That's the bit. That's the the original game. game. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We've done the story. We've got the music. We're 80% done. We've got the game created. We just need to remake it. (laughs) Nailed it. So, um, the other, the other points that came out were that Tabata was talking about why they decided to skip the beta. And it doesn't necessarily make sense to me in terms of, Mm. okay. So the point one was that he said they wanted to reach a large audience. And I'm guessing they think Mm. that in the next 12 months, when the game releases, the or- there's going to be a larger install base on the PS4 and Xbox One than there is on the Vita, mm. perhaps. Which is true, because the PS4 definitely has 10 million sales. It's got a lot sales. of potential, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Whether or not that's the right audience for the game then leads I on to agreed. the next point, uh, is that they want to use Type-0 as an entry point game for Final Fantasy XV, yeah. which then puts a lot of pressure because Type-0 has to release a certain amount of time before Final Fantasy XV to bed that seed in. Yeah. There also might be completely different games, but I'm guessing they're hoping it's going to introduce yeah. people into franchise anyway or, or whatever. But um, it just, that seemed like a weird thing to me. I'm like, I understand where they're coming from with it because if you think, like, we've talked about loads in terms of age groups. It's like, you yeah. know, my first game was Final Fantasy VII. That really introduced me to that point. The next, not, many, not too many people came in with 12, but a lot of people came in with 13. Yeah. Um, and and those people also left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you know, if you think about like 10, 10 was like, what, 13, like 12, 12 years ago now, 12, 13 years yeah. ago. Oh my goodness. And, yeah. I know. And 15 is going to be like, a lot of the people that could potentially be getting into 15 might not have been born when 10 came out. Yeah. And that's, that's crazy <laughs> to think about. It's just I've ridiculous. I've never thought about it that way. That is I know. Crazy. It's so, so like the fact they need to use Type Zero as an entry point to try and get people to think, oh, I want to check out this game. I don't even know what Final Fantasy is. Yeah. They may also be wanting to use it as a palate cleanser from the 13 series to come. Yeah. yeah. It's a game that people that. say is really good. Yeah. yeah. Have you uh, all had a chance to play any of the original PSP version? We haven't. Well, I haven't. No, I haven't. Um, I've played a little bit of it. I actually just started yesterday playing a little bit of the import um, that I, I physically own. I own mm-hmm. a legitimate imported copy of, and it's not that bad. It yeah. really, it really is. It's yeah, probably I mean, not the greatest thing ever, and I wouldn't hang like the hopes of all Final Fantasies <laughs> on it. I think it probably for a lot of people will be overhyped. Yeah, but regardless it's it's not that bad i think final fantasy fans are generally pretty pretty all right i mean i I, when it comes to final fantasy games i generally try and steer away from the mass media because a lot of them don't really understand what it is about final fantasy that makes it final fantasy yeah but with type zero i mean especially with the importers and and the japanese as well um was that it's this is the final fantasy game that we want to play it might not necessarily be the best one but it's of the same style of game that we want to play and that was where a lot of the confusion came out because it's like everyone that likes final fantasy will appreciate and understand this game for what it is yeah and it's the one they don't want to release 
Yeah. Like, you know, what, where's the logic there? But, you know, I, I think when it does come out, you know, I, I'm not expecting it to be uh, to set the world on fire. Coming. But I am I can... expecting it to be a, a, a competent RPG, JRPG, which they yeah. haven't been able to produce for a while, apart from Bravely Default. Yeah. I can say this much about what I've played of it. Even on the PSP, it looks darn impressive. I mean, yeah. it is amazing looking the level of quality that's gone into that game. So HD of fine it, if that's a term, <laughs> it is a term now. Yeah. Probably won't hurt it at all. I think it will show up as a better product than the, you know, than even Final Fantasy X HD did. Yeah. yeah. But it's still not, you know, it's not a turn-based game. You know, it's not, you know, there are no random encounters. It's you, You're sent along some missions, and those missions so far have been kind of linear and where you're going from point A to point B. Yeah. It's not so much yeah. a tunnel, and there's other things you can do alongside it. I mean, but there's be... a unique cast. There's an interesting cast of characters. The story starts out on a pretty big bang, and it's rather interesting to, you know, to experience right there at the start. So it's got potential, but I don't think it's going to be the nostalgic kickback a lot of people may be expecting yeah. or wanting. I mean, I, I still don't understand the whole decision to skip the Vita, because fair enough, if you want to use it as an entry point yeah. and you want to reach a larger audience, great. But if you go on the Vita, you're going to reach an even larger audience. Yeah. Right. But... And, and also, they've shown with um, Final Fantasy X and HD, like, it's not to the detriment of anything. But I wonder, um, what what were the sales like with the Vita? In terms of like overall install base, I guess so. Yeah, it's not it's... fantastic, but it's still yeah. like you know fifty. Because I think like if anything, I probably would. Pr- I'm I'm starting to think like even though I I personally would have loved I I, I want to play it on the Vita. I would have loved to have had it on the Vita just because I'm I'm in love with the Vita at the moment. But um, like if anything. If there's if putting it on the PS4 and um, I think it's it's is it the just the PS4 or is it Xbox, Xbox One. One as well? If by putting it on that, it maybe proves to Square Enix that this is the games; these are the kind of games that we want. I'm I'm happy to drink the juice and yeah, go they're kind with of that. testing the waters, I guess. Because I mean, just... like like that's the thing. Like I mean, I I feel like that was part of their reason that they didn't bring it over in the first place. So I think like maybe if if this is the case and people will like buy the game and and play it and like it like i think that that might that might help square enix go into the right direction yeah it's just weird though because obviously the as we were alluding to earlier michael the the vita pretty much now only has japanese games really coming out for it and they're of that ilk like there's there's so many different kind of uh monster hunter clones coming out and Different RPGs. But that's the thing, and... though. Square Enix, like Final Fantasy, was always console. Final Fantasy was all about the console. So mm. it's like they want to still hold on to that. Apart we from are their the PSP J- spinoffs. Yeah, p- apart <laughs> from their PSP spinoffs. But those only happen, like, after... Wasn't it, like, after 10 when they, like, really, really yeah, started going well, it was into like it? Yeah, like Crisis Core and Dissidia. Yeah. And... Crisis Core is what set it off, really. But it, like, not while their money, their craving for money is what set it off. Yeah, well, yeah. that's another story. <laughs> but I just wonder if they don't care as much about Japan because it's already released there. Yeah. And as such, you know, the Vita is doing better than the PS4 there. Yeah. Yeah. But here in the States, you know, the Vita is pretty much something that Square Enix doesn't care about. Oh, yeah. And I think outside of feeling like they were obligated to release it, uh, Final Fantasy 10 HD on the Vita here. I don't think they would have 
yeah. if they hadn't already committed to it early on. Yeah. I mean, that was part of my thinking behind them skipping TGS as well, because a lot of the people that want to play Type Zero will already have it on the PSP. Yeah. And, you know, what what is there really to show off, apart from the fact it looks a bit different yeah because i guess it, so mm-hmm. with tgs actually that that is a good point because yeah you're there they're playing it in japan they already have it i mean in it japan. i mean it's not it's, it's to me it's slightly different between them showing off like kingdom hearts 2.5 yeah. because those games have changes like they, yeah. are, they are different and they're so old as well like yeah. the graphical changes so it'd be deal. nice to see it all crisp yeah. and clear but no that is actually yeah. a good point they they are already a lot of the people who are going to tgs probably already have the game at they home might even be playing have, it there yeah, might even be playing it. On their multiplayer, which we won't get. Yep. So, yeah, the other piece of news came out was that um, Square Enix are ditching the multiplayer aspect from the game. And the reasons why are just crazy. <laughs> One of them is that it will speed up development. Well, that's a no-brainer. Because, yeah. Mm, okay. But the, I can understand that I can understand. Yeah. The second one was because... They felt that the multiplayer would be a distraction for people who were looking to complete the story. <laughs> Mm, yeah, I don't think they understand what people want. <laughs> no, <laughs> I really that don't. was just so crazy. I was just like, well, why did you even put it in the game in the first place? Then it's like, unless they just suddenly realised it was the worst decision they'd ever made. Yeah. I think that's more of an excuse than a reason. Yeah, oh, well, like, the... we don't want to distract from the story by you know <laughs> adding in this feature that we already had in in the PSP. Yeah, but yeah, that's we think we'll take that crazy. out. But um, they're ditching yeah, I think it. it would cost too much, and they're trying to make this as cheaply as possible. Then, yeah, I mean, like they're ditching it in Kingdom Hearts as well. I think I, I don't really know why they they're so sort of scared yeah, it about releasing be... it on console. They did the same with uh, Doja Cerberus as well. I know I know that was quite a while ago, and it was in the PS2, and not necessarily pe- people up here didn't necessarily have modems. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they just they just cut it out, and it's like, well, there was actually story in that. Yeah, that we didn't get. <laughs> yeah, like please. Maybe they saw the the data on how many people were actually using it. Yeah, I mean that's the other Maybe thing. Maybe it didn't hold the, up. The, the the stats for people playing Type Zero online might not be that hot. Yeah, I, I can admit I don't have any interest in the multiplayer. I just don't do multiplayer in general. But yeah. I hate to think that you know cutting a feature just because. Yeah, I mean I I do it depending on what it is. Like you know something like Soul Sacrifice, I'll play with friends. Um, and like you know, I've just been playing two kid in with friends, and like the Monster Hunter kind of games do lend them it's to the just the, like just the co-op really. I mean, multiplayer isn't necessarily competitive and going crazy against people. Yeah. Anyway, so that's all the Type Zero stuff. Um, loads and loads and loads of stuff going on there, and who knows, we may see it in twelve months. Whenever, see, whenever people give such loose release windows like that, it always makes me very skeptical. I would. have be surprised if releases in the next 12 months i'm gonna yeah. guess august of next year. <laughs> yeah the last possible it was like the type 10 uh so final fantasy 10 uh, hd thing we're gonna release it yep. in winter yep. which actually <laughs> doesn't end until march yeah <laughs> so that's what we're gonna do <laughs> right so yeah i would not be surprised of august so the next thing we're going to tackle, we're going to have to kind of breeze through these a bit. Um, Final Fantasy Explorers now has a Japanese release date, and that's coming out on the 18th of December in Japan, which is obviously great. Hopefully that give means... Give me, give me, give yeah, me. Yeah, that's yeah. a game that we really, really want over here. Um, obviously it's coming out on 3DS, and they've announced a ton of job classes for it. We're now going to get knights, monks, black mages, paladins, rangers, onion knights, dark Crazy knights, amounts. even more. And 
We've got a special appearance from a Final Fantasy aficionado who's appearing in yet another game. <laughs> no, it's not Lightning. I said he. It's Cloud. Yay. Yes, Cloud will be appearing in Final Fantasy Explorers. And he looks so he cute. Lo- <laughs> he looks so disinterested, though. I mean, I can't deny that, you know, the cute factor's there, but he's just sitting there like, mm. So I have to be in another game. I'm in another <laughs> game. Get me out of here. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's it for Final Fantasy Explorers. He's obviously um, not getting paid enough. Once we, once we uh, get more information about Western release, we can start officially getting excited about it. But yeah. for now, it's kind of like yes. I want that game. Yeah. That's, I know. That's how it's, it's like we're like the little kids outside a yeah. outside a toy shop, just looking at all the toys <laughs> and being like, I can't have any gonna, of them. Well, we are going to sound like really spoiled brats because it's like. Okay, we're really complaining about the fact that Type Zero isn't coming over, and then it is over. So now we want Final Fantasy Explorers. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and they have put a trademark on it in the US, but they have. You know, know. That, that means next to nothing. Yeah, yeah. just like Final Fantasy Heresis Thirteen, which exactly. Mm. Um, so the other news, uh, I'm going to save the best till last. So I'm going to stick this around a little bit. Square Enix have just announced that they are recruiting for a new studio, which Yay. will be completely focused around creating console RPGs. Now they. It is a Japanese-based studio, so we can guess it's Japanese-based RPGs. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. They didn't say what kind of games they're going to be making aside from that. So It's a really creepy um, recruitment page, though. It's like two little kids looking at a really big television screen, and it just reminds me of Poltergeist. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make the next ring, guys. Nostalgic, but it looks... <laughs> Yeah, it's supposed to be nostalgic, but it does look creepy. <laughs> it does. Do, it's all black so and do weird. Do we think this is going to be them potentially trying to start up new IPs I mean um, the the new CEO I think I can never remember his name is it Matsuda mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he was saying that you know they looked at Bravely Default saw that that actually worked and were thinking maybe we should go back into that because WADA was very much against that especially after I think it was after Sigma Harmonics came out and only sold 50,000 copies in Japan and he was just like no more <laughs> no mm. more as well as the yeah. uh, the World Ends with You, which didn't really sell that great, considering how acclaimed it was. Yeah, they came out with some very unique IP, and I think that if they were to kind of go back and, you know, that's what hit Bravely Default so well is the nostalgia factor. Yeah, you know, yeah. it had all the trappings well, of an old school yeah, Final Fantasy. And it's like if you think about what they used to do. I mean, r- around the like the SNES era, um, we had the Final Fantasies. Obviously, they were big. But they had so many mm-hmm. other RPGs coming out. You had like Bahamut Lagoon, um, the Chrono series. Yeah. Like they had an, all like the, the Secret of Mana games as well. Like they had so many different irons in the fire when it came to RPGs. And mm. yeah. they, they were really like leading the way as, as well as um, Enix. So, yeah. Yeah, I have an expectation for this studio and I have a dream for this if studio. They don't release a good RPG and there's going to be yeah. hell to pay. <laughs> My expectation for this studio is that they will try something and it will possibly be unique and they may or may not have a clue what they're doing. My (laughs) dream for this studio would be for them to come out with something and have some new blood that really understood what made those older games good and not try to copy those verbatim. Yeah. But to just use those same aspects that we loved back in the day, you know, from Final Fantasy VII back. Yeah. The things that people loved as far as the nostalgia goes and just use that aspect to make something new and fresh. Uh, yeah, if they definitely. could do that with it and make it, you know, in those same styles but new feeling, I think that would be amazing. And they could do it lower budget, lower scale, not have to be at the high billion dollar spectacle that they think they need to be at for the main flagship Final Fantasy stuff. It could be really good. Yeah. What they should do is hire the creative team that worked on Nier 
Yeah. And then hire some <laughs> other people that can actually make something look good and, and have decent gameplay. Maybe consult them on gameplay mechanics too. Yeah, I would totally buy that. And not and, and they... not go the Drake and Guard three route. That was no. yeah, that was a bit of a departure. But then they always kind of expect. They always said yeah. it was going to be. Yeah, no, I know, but like, but like that's just the kind of game like save Dra- on the Dra- slaves. Dragon Guard Three was a game they also released that got a lot more hype f- because of it. Like there were obviously people that played the original two. I wasn't one of them because I heard very bad things. But Same yeah, here. but you know, from all intents, like it sounds like the story is pretty good in those previous games. But it's just the gameplay. Yeah. Um. Yep. Whereas Nia really brought a lot of people in oh, and then it was gorgeous so, like i just don't understand square Enix. i mean maybe it just really didn't sell what they were expecting but what were they expecting yeah but like <laughs> yeah that's it, the problem it's it's so many people's hidden gem of last generation like the soundtrack was one of the like the highlights of anything and like there are so many people that absolutely adore that game despite its deficiencies yeah it, and Me they just i think it was a mistake that was amazing, and I don't think they know how in the world to recreate yeah. that mistake. No, exactly. <laughs> it was the perfect mistake. I think so too. But yeah, like they just, they just really got the story right. They got but the story, and they got, they got the music right, they, which yeah is also what they used to do. If yeah. they just have Emmy Evans just singing every game, that would be <laughs> that would be fine. The thing if that they want to really milk, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, if they. If they want to milk nostalgia, they need to get the Final Fantasy fourteen team that seems to be nailing every bit of nostalgia right on the exactly. head them dry. into a single-player yep. concept. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I would love to see Yoshida and all those people that are cranking out this fantastic nostalgia stuff for fourteen do some single-player content. It's going yeah. to become more and more disheveled over time. Something that's a bit <sighs> cheaper for me. Yeah. Something that's not subscription-based. Yeah. Then again, Final Fantasy XI was great, uh, and they got the director who, um, well, I thought it was great anyway. I know that it wasn't necessarily that great for other Final Fantasy fans. Um, I played two years, so that's enough yeah. to say it was great. The, and the director <laughs> yeah. of that was the one who led 14 and then just balls it all up. Yep. <laughs> and then and didn't case. he get fired? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he left now. He's, he's working on mobile games with mm. some other people. From <laughs> we put him in the corner. <laughs> Yeah, um, so the other, uh, we've got another piece of news, which is that Final Fantasy XIV is getting Triple Triad added to it. Oh my god! It's going to be the Gold Saucer, and there are also talks of, about adding Chocobo racing style stuff in from Final Fantasy VII, yep. which should be See? very interesting. They're making that nostalgia. Yeah, yep. and, and I mean it. announced a, I guess, a strange service called Dive In, which sounds pretty awesome, but also I have a lot of skepticism. Yeah. Um, and it's basically that you can play all the the modern Square Enix titles on your phone from your smartphone through streaming. So for launch, um, they're going live with Final Fantasy Thirteen, Final Fantasy Seven, and the Cherry Blossom Murders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're planning to have Final Fantasy Eight, The Last Remnant, yay. Um, Final Fantasy Thirteen Part Two, Murder Souls, Unlighting Returns. Um, and that sounds pretty cool. It's just how much it's going to cost, I guess, and how it works. Yeah, it's going to be really strange. Mm. Keep mobile away from me. Sorry, uh, no, no interest whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> no. some of them do work though. I mean, like, um, I've been playing like the Final F- Fantasy ATB. That's great. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I've been playing a Phoenix Wright on on my phone, and like, that's actually not that not quite bad. Final Fantasy Thirteen. I know though, is it's it? not quite Final Fantasy Thirteen, 
But, well, yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, I'm, How's that battle system going to work? Like, just spam the screen. Just keep hitting it. <laughs> I'm actually, well, well, I'm kind of people stoked. People did say it was a corridor. I'm kind of stoked for Final Fantasy Record Keeper. I think the way that they're doing with that, as long as they don't treat it like something that's, like, yeah, you have to keep pumping money into, which could quite possibly yeah, I think happen. Yeah, they on that one. You you would hope, but you never know with Square Enix. Anyway. Well, actually, it depends because ATB made them a shed load of money. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but um, more fortunate for them. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't really know how this is going to work, actually, and or how big those. Well, I guess since it's, it's streaming, streaming it doesn't really matter. It's like it's only from on live, really. I mean, on live, I think works yeah. on mobile devices. Maybe I'd have to check on that. But one. I wouldn't be able to play it while I'm out on 3G and just eat no, up money. No, probably not. Yeah, eat one. up money. So, we're now going to move on to our last bit of news, which we're going to have to kind of keep short, I guess, because we're about closing on the hour mark now. Um, and that's Sakaguchi. Mm. Everyone remembers Sakaguchi, right? He's oh, the guy yeah. that you know, oh, yeah. made Final Fantasy and all that stuff. <laughs> Told Tetsuya Nomura to make his uh, Kingdom Hearts story extremely complicated, you know? Yep. Um, <laughs> so, he obviously left Square before they became Square Enix because of the whole debacle featuring the a spirits within yeah. and how much money that lost and uh, <laughs> it was an interesting one I mean obviously he made Square a load of money yeah Ooh. and like that was his first real mistake and that wasn't necessarily his fault either no. like, you know there's loads of stuff that went into play with all that anyway so he was giving an interview at PAX uh, where he was talking about his new game called Terror Battle which is a smartphone game so Michael's gonna turn his face up at it um <laughs> It sounds quite cool in the way they're doing things, and um, I'll get onto that in a bit more because that was the whole premise behind the interview. Um, and he was talking about his departure from Square, and basically ended up saying that he hated Square because of the whole business side of it. Mm. Like it just it became too much for him. Um, that they just, I guess, in some ways, they got a bit too big for their boots because, for anyone who doesn't know the whole story behind Square Pictures. That was a massive, colossal failure. And it was oh, yeah. because it was such a departure from what Square Enix were trying to do. I mean, Square Enix at the time, or sorry, Square at the time, Final Fantasy VII really pushed the graphical boundaries for FMVs and stuff like that. Same for Final Fantasy VIII and Final Fantasy IX. Mm-hmm. Like, I still remember Final Fantasy VIII. Looked, the FMVs in that looked better than most PS2 games. Yeah. They, were, they oh, yeah. were so good. And so Square thought well, how can we push it on this? And they they already had their kind of own research and development department, which was, I think, in Hawaii or LA, one of the two. Mm-hmm. And they they really had ambitions about rivaling companies like Pixar. Yeah. They, they, so they, they, they founded this studio and the spirits within was going to be their, their baby. And, and I think, I think it's mentioned Toy Story was there, was what they were trying to aspire to be like that kind of yeah. quality, that kind of appeal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, like you know, really, like going from games to Toy Story, it's it's like crazy to think about. And there were so many things that went wrong with that product. And obviously, yeah. it's one of the biggest financial failures of any film in history. Um, and it it really just, I'd say that it's taken them uh, this long to even really think about recovering from that that loss because it was so big. Uh, I think it was like a hundred, maybe one hundred fifty million crazy. dollars or something, which back in those days was a lot of money. But he um so he was basically saying how he hated all that the whole business side and that everything came down to money which is 
you know, from a business perspective, you've got to understand that you know if you don't make money, you, you don't really exist anymore. Yeah. But I think he just probably felt abandoned because yeah. he was kind of hung out to dry with the whole thing. Um, he it fell purely on his shoulders because he was so senior in the company. Yeah. Um, and now that he's got his own company. He just kind of wants to move away from that. And he was saying how doing too much business just really isn't that good. And, and that's why with their with their games, they try not to do that. So. Terra Battle is a new free-to-play game, um, but they're not really talking like it's not really about in-app purchases. And he really wanted to stay away from Kickstarter; like he wanted the game to be able to stand on its own two feet. Yeah. Um, and they're not—he's got his own kind of Kickstarter system working, but it's yeah, got really cool incentives. Yeah. So <laughs> like, um, depending, it's based on how many downloads the game gets. So the the first milestone is if we get a hundred thousand downloads of the game, then uh, Uematsu is going to compose some new music. And then, like for every hundred thousand, I think it is, they've got different people, and they're all people from Final Fantasy, like the old Final Fantasy people. So he's got yeah. like Amano doing some uh, new character designs, and he's got like some of his old, uh, some of the older people kind of coming back to do different things. Like um, oh, I think uh, one of the old scenario writers is going to come back to write some new story episodes, and like so he's he's pulling all these different people in, which is I think is really cool, yeah. especially for a Final Fantasy fan. Yeah. Um, now, while I may turn my nose up at free-to-play mobile, I'm going to be downloading plenty to get them to the $2 million mark, or $2 million download mark. Yeah. What, was it, what was it, the $2 million? <laughs> They're going to start work on a console. Oh, yes, I remember title. now, yes. Ooh, they call it an awesome. MMO, but I think there's still some vagaries in there, and probably a little bit of a language discrepancy. Um, I think what they're probably aiming for is something with maybe a persistent world or just a little more online component similar to what they're doing with the mobile. Something with online components sure. more than just a, you know, like a not a persistent world MMO is yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, were you, so, were you kind of surprised that he came out and said that after all, obviously all this time? Uh, as far as about Square, how he feels about yeah. it? I can't blame him, really. And I think that's part of what has happened with Square is, you know, when he was successful with the original setup of Final Fantasy, they were a small company about to go under. And by the time he left, they were a company throwing millions of dollars at a movie that they had no idea how to make. Yeah. So the business, you know, having worked in business myself and seen how things change over time and how people's expectations change, the more money comes in and the more shareholders you get... I can't say I blame him at all. He probably doesn't hate, like, everything he did there, but the company it had become, I can totally understand him hating that, you know. It's happened to me in, you know, workplaces before. Something that you were there two years before is not the same company you're at two years after because, you know, money drives things and not always for the best. Yeah, Yeah, and I I think that was the whole thing as well. There were a few discussions going on, and, and one of them was obviously that, you know, Sakaguchi left... Uematsu left for similar reasons in the fact that they were just asking to do so much. Oh my god. And he just couldn't deal with it anymore. Well, yeah, you just think of like all the games, all of the themes that he's composed, all of the, like, for individual characters, not only yeah, just that, games. He didn't necessarily have a problem with that. It was just the time frames he was yeah. being asked to do it for, and he just kind of wanted a bit more flexibility. And, and obviously, like, lots of other people have left as well. Like, a lot, the majority of the, like, the tactics crew, I think, have gone now. Yeah. Amano's just doing logos. Yeah, like yeah. there are so many of the old guard that kind of left, but there are lots of the new guard that. Well, Kataze's still there, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Nomura's obviously still there. Toriyama's still there. Like, so there are some people that are kind of stuck around. It's just, it's just, it's just personal preference, isn't it? Like yeah. as you said, things change. 
and yeah. they changed in they changed for the worse in Sakaguchi's opinion. Yeah. So yeah. he I, left I, and started his own company where he could yeah. do what he wanted to do. Yeah. I feel so bad for Mistwalker too because they've released some great stuff. Yeah. I loved Lost Odyssey. I thought it was fantastic. Um I wasn't as in love with the last story, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think if they were able to they just don't have any money. The company no. you know, he has no capital. So he's got to, you know, he had to pair up with Microsoft to make Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey. He had to pair up with Nintendo to help with the last story. He just needs somebody to back him that trusts him to do stuff. And I don't think he's found that. And he must have made some serious enemies at Sony for not even considering going to the company that lends itself to JRPGs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, especially, you know, with people like Inafune uh, teaming up to do, like, Soul Sacrifice and stuff like that. So, clearly, they're yeah. open, especially because Mist Walker are pretty much a co-developer most of the time, aren't they? Like, yeah. They'll, yeah. They'll, they'll, they don't have the money or resources yeah. to so, do it themselves. But, like, no. that, that might be just the way they kind of, they wanted to do it because well, yeah, they, they very it much focus on... allows them to do what they want. Yeah, they very much focus on, like, writing the scenarios kind of coming up with the different mechanics, writing yeah. or, or doing all the creative things, and then they'll outsource everything else. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just a shame nobody's partnered with them long enough. You know, Microsoft had two and they're like, nope. And then Nintendo had the last story and didn't yeah. Blue Dragon sure how much Blue Dragon ended up going with Namco as well, didn't it, for like the D S games, I think. Yeah, they had two two DS I can't remember who did the first uh Blue Dragon Plus. I know it was Ignition that published it here, but I can't yeah. remember who did the Japanese stuff. But yeah, the other one was all Namco Bandai. But I think that's... Both of those weren't really that good. Then again, I'm not a Blue Dragon fan. I would have loved (laughs) to see more out of Lost Odyssey. (laughs) I think that's the thing I like about... I I liked about Sakaguchi, though. I mean, obviously, like, Final Fantasy was one of the biggest risks that he's ever done. And he was lucky that it was successful and that it's become this huge thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you sort of think, like, you know... Sure, he made a really big risk with the movie, and sure, it lost them a lot of money. But, like, you have, in order to be successful, you have to break a few eggs. And I mean, like, for that to be his biggest mistake in, like, however many years he was at Square Enix. Like, from a, from a, quality perspective like, yeah graphically it was amazing yeah it was gorgeous at the time i i i don't think that i think you'd be hard pressed to find anything that looked everyone as, just wanted it to be advent children yeah i think that's the thing i think like the problem was is that they made it a final fantasy film if they had if they had not marked it marketed it as a final fantasy film or yeah. if they had maybe just um, well, it's like changed, the it, changed it to be a Final Fantasy game and like based it off of either Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy VIII yeah. or something. Or if, you know, if they hadn't had made it any related to Final Fantasy at all. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think it would In have been theme. better. But because everybody was going to the theater and expecting Final Fantasy, yeah. which which also just, I mean, I know it's a side note, but it kind of makes me laugh because I'm just like, I remember um, talking to someone at school um, when, when it had come out. And he was just like, yeah, my sister went to go see uh, Final Fantasy Spirits Within, and it was, nothing to, it was nothing to do with Final Fantasy. And I'm like, well, obviously you've never played a Final Fantasy game before, because you would know that every Final Fantasy game is different, um, but nice try. There was a Sid in there. Yeah, there yeah. was a Sid. I think but... uh, that concept of every Final Fantasy game being different and applying that to a movie was yeah, probably a the, the 
the bad problem. But, but the game's been different still, good things, but I think that, that I just, probably hurt it. it. Was, <laughs> yeah. It, it was that. I mean, the problem was they, they called it Final Fantasy to try and get some extra sales. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, like, the work they did on the Animatrix was really good. Yeah. Um, like they have mm-hmm. potential. It's, it's a shame because I would have loved. I would have. I mean, I'm a film buff before before I'm a, I'm a gamer, and I'm I'm not afraid to admit that. I'm I I love movies. I know, I love movies. <laughs> and if if like Square Enix had like ended up producing more films, I think that would have been awesome. They did Advent Children. What are you talking about? Yeah, Advent Children was just so full of fan service, though. I just it was uh... pure fan service. Nothing more. Nothing less. No cloud too much Ugh. cloud yeah um it looked beautiful yeah it was gorgeous it was absolutely gorgeous <laughs> but that that's about it it was just like let's bring in sephiroth again yay okay milk <laughs> that cow dry yep yep <laughs> i'm still waiting for the next final fantasy 7 game i know we all know endless crisis yeah it's gonna happen it needs to complete the alphabet sequence because daryl's ocd <laughs> and needs the alphabet complete as long as there's more Ishimoto doing the soundtrack, I will take it. There you go. Isn't he like the only composer that's actually employed by Square Enix anymore? I don't know. I think uh, Soken that did the 14 stuff is. Um, but I don't care. Ishimoto's fantastic. I love his stuff. So bring it on. Give me all the Ishimoto soundtracks. Well, bring Ito out of the closet. I don't think he's actually <laughs> left. He is still locked up somewhere. Bring him out. Bring Ishimoto. Put Nomura back in his cave. Yes. You know produce something put them on final fantasy 16 and i will be on board just, just don't show it before six months it's gonna come out <laughs> just give namora some belts and zippers and stick them in his cave give him yes, a cookie you can play with them that's where ito is he's been tied up with belts and zippers in <laughs> yeah. the closet yeah <laughs> namora tied him up oh gosh oh well on the subject of music that's that's pretty much it for all our uh news and opinions and stuff so we're now going to go into our outro and uh we have a, an arrangement of a piece from final fantasy 8 which is an arrangement of find your way mm-hmm. and i don't know the arranger the arranger is sludgy mcdoom <laughs> sludgy mcdoom that's there you awesome. go uh, we'll put a link to that in the uh, description for the show and everything, so go and check that out if you want to hear more of it or support the guy on SoundCloud. That theme um, always creeped me out. Our next episode is due to come out on the 14th of October, <gasps> getting near the end of the year. I know. It's quite crazy. scary to think about. It'll be after TGS yes, as well. Yes, it will be after TGS. And there, there is Final Fantasy stuff going on at TGS. There you got explorers being shown. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen is there as well. Yeah. I think there were some smaller games being shown. Probably Chaos Rings as well. They love the Chaos Rings. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll have be we'll have be talking loads about TDS and um, yeah, anything else that's kind of cropping up between now and then. Um, <laughs> there's there's bound to be something. Yeah. It's something. Anyway, be sure to subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Unions on the iTunes store, and of course subscribe to us on YouTube. If you just search for Final Fantasy Union on YouTube, there will come up no problem. Or if you're on iTunes, just search for Final Fantasy and we, we come up with the number one podcast, so be sure to check that out. And of course, you can check out every episode as well as all the news coverage and discussions and comments and community and stuff on FinalFantasyUnion.com as well as Twitter and Facebook, which are also pretty self-explanatory to find. Hmm. So, Michael, how have you enjoyed being on the show? I'm... Uh- enjoyed myself immensely thank you all for having me on it's great to talk with other final fantasy fans that are not uh so hardcore that they don't see the truth (laughs) (laughs) 
that you can still love something and criticize it. Um, yeah. Because, yes, been a Final Fantasy fan for years and still am. Yeah. Love the series and wish nothing but the best for it. Oh, oh did you think I was going to talk to you again after this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm worried now. <laughs> It's, no, okay. it's, it's been great to have you on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's always fun discussing Final Fantasy, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's great to be able to have someone someone like you on the show who's um, you know been around uh, playing JRPGs for um, so long, and, and obviously has had so much exposure through RP Gamer. Yeah, definitely. Well, on that note, it's time for everyone to say goodbye to the lovely audience that's listening. Bye bye. Goodbye, and thank you for having me. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a tweaksmusic.com and Final Fantasy Production.